how's it going? My name is Amanda, and this is A Girl in Her Soapbox, a show dedicated to looking at the world with a critical eye and a Canadian perspective. All right, folks, we got to make this snappy and quick. I'm on a limited time budget. Time, not a time budget. Who are you kidding, Amanda? No. I am on a battery on my phone time crunch. So I got to make sure that I am snipping snappy about what I have to say to you today. So if you're here and you, you are checking me out online, thank you so much. I really appreciate any and all support. Um, you are in for a wonderful treat today, my friend. Let me tell you that. I'm just going to jump into it, okay? I don't know how to kind of like sugarcoat this, and I don't know sort of which way we're going to go. Just as a forerunner, everything that I'm going to be saying in this podcast is not going to be heavily influenced off of specific, you know, like events. I'm definitely going to be bringing up certain events in history and politics and stuff as I go along, but I am, this is a, this is coming out of my butt, okay? So just know that before you start jumping down my throat about anything. Okay, we all talk out of our butts sometimes, all right? So this is just, this is my take on talking out of my butt. But I want to talk to you guys about specifically something that is kind of broad, but it, in my mind, it makes a lot of sense. And that is society. So I obviously didn't need to change the the tone of my voice when I said society, but society like to me in a technical definition is more of the broad umbrella term that we that we use as humans to discuss things that are you know created values traditions cultures practices languages the stuff that that we create in our world so you know you just you don't just live in a neighborhood with like a bunch of houses and they're all just chilling you live in a society and the houses are just part of that society, you know, like like the roads and, and the cars and, and everything else like that. So, <clears throat> sorry, I want to talk about society as a broad term. Um, for that reason, the, I speak as a Western woman speaking in the West. I'm coming from Canada. So there will definitely be that involved in a Western perspective is the perspective that I have. So I'm not going to sit here and say that that isn't the case. But at the same time, I, I, I want to talk about society in a broad sense, not just like specifically the society that I deal with. I'm for the record, though, if you if you're if you're concerned, I don't know why you'd be concerned. But if you want to know, I'm Canadian. So the society that I come from uh, is Definitely a society you probably have heard a lot about in um, the past four years because of Justin Trudeau, wherever you're coming from. I'm sure you know Canada. Probably, if anything, you know him, you know Canada because of Justin Trudeau, which is terrible, in my opinion, because as a Canadian, I I just don't think he's, like, the best thing about Canada. Um, but he has definitely turned Canada into a bit of an international brand. Or maybe he just turned Justin Trudeau into an international brand. We'll have to see. Um, we'll have to see as time progresses what is the stronger brand. Unfortunately, we shouldn't even be talking about it in terms of brands because Naomi, Naomi Klein would probably be really mad at us for for talking about Canada in the sense of a brand but unfortunately in the in the digital age everything is kind of a brand um I am kind of a brand you're kind of a brand we're all brands 
and we don't want to be. But, you know, that's, that's why I want to talk about society. All right? Perfect. I did it. I connect. I connected them, guys. Okay? It's just, this is cool. So, society is a really... I want to talk about society because I think the society that we have right now is baloney. Like, it's, it's garbage, okay? Um, just to, I guess, be blunt about it. I'm not sitting here and saying, like, you know, like, we should start a revolution and tear everything down and, like, and like just, just go for it and, and start over. I think that we do need to start... We need to change things. Um, and, and I think that we need some serious changes. But I don't know... I'm still left on the fence of what is the best way to get that change done. So, you know what? Maybe if you have an idea on what you think the best kind of change for society is, like, let me know. Uh, tweet at me, that underscore middle, or write me on Instagram, right in that middle. I would love to hear what you have to say about how we should change society. But for the meantime, let's talk about what I think about society. I think society has worked for a really long time. And I think as far as from a historical standpoint, our society has always developed and it's always changed because we change as people, we migrate, we, we encompass different areas of the world like roaches. So we're always developing and changing based off of our environment, based off of the climate of the world, whether it be the literal climate or the like people climate if there's lots of crazy kings or or mercenaries running about we adapt to our environment and in doing so we create society right it's it's the same the same argument can be made by a lot of different mammals not all of them but there are definitely some that create society they create a structure to things and i just think that when it comes to structures uh in society Let's be honest, like the, the, the way that we have it right now, it's not working, okay? It's not working. Um, there are a lot of people who are working tirelessly day in, day out at horrible low-paying jobs in quote-unquote precarious work to make ends meet for sort of a fraction of, of what they would have gotten 50 years ago for that same labor. So that's not good, right? And then on top of that, we've got climate change i'm not i'm not gonna beat around the bush like there are our the world is physically changing as a result of how we have impacted it over cent over like not centuries but decades of of extracting resources from it and 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 our world is reacting to that right you know it's it's a planet it's, it's supposed to have a reaction and for that reason i just think that like there are a lot of sort of big things changing in the world, and there's going to be a lot of changes as we move forward. When you, when you look at history and you examine it, it's important to not just go like, oh, yeah, all those things happened in the past, so it's pretty cool. It's also about looking at those events and saying, what, what were the factors that led to that event? How did it influence the community on a micro scale as well as on a macro on a macro scale, I forgot which one was which, um, and really asking sort of difficult questions, but digging deeper at the actual event and not just sort of taking the surface level stuff. That's why I personally always have a bit of a contention with a lot of um, period World War II stuff, especially when it comes to movies that come out of the States, because it always sort of depicts World War II in black and white, which is, I understand, an easy, uh, 
thing for people in North America to do when there was no conflict over here for the most part, especially in Canada. Like Pearl Harbor, like there's definitely been examples of conflict that happened on North American soil, but the vast majority of the conflict in World War II happened in Europe, right? So we're in North America, we're never going to have like a full perspective of what that experience was in the same way that somebody in Europe will. And, and I say that because, you know, straight up, I have family in Europe. Shocker. Um, I have family in Germany and I don't just have German family. I have Jewish family. Okay. So there are people in the world who have not had the luxury of being able to see things black and white because they've experienced them. And a lot of people in North America only really get to experience life through sort of like movies, culture, stuff we consume online. But we don't actually know what it's like to live in a war-torn country because we don't live in one. We live in a very safe country with not a lot of corruption at, at, a, at a top level. So, or at least not in a way that it will disrupt your everyday activities like going to the grocery store, taking transit or anything else like that. But there are people in the world who have had a completely different life than we have over here. And I, I just think North Americans can be quite ignorant about those sort of things. And I'm not interested in uh, living my life with that ignorance. So to jump back to the original tangent, society. Society itself in that respect is something that we create. So we have a lot of agency here to create society in, in a way that, that we want to. And I think that right now we are seeing that a lot online, especially in uh, like sort of social media spaces. Um, there are a lot of people who are incredibly upset about the way that things are, both on the left and on the right. And there's a lot of sort of, um, there's mobilization going on, uh, whether it's to whether it's on the right or the left like there's a lot of people online who are who are really talking about about sort of these societal changes but but I want to sort of broaden that and say okay if we are going to look at how we're going to change society then then how do we do that I'm I'm not an advocate for um revolution at least not in the sort of traditional sense of the word I as a Canadian I I think it's really cool, the silent slash and or, can never remember the correct word, but silent slash quiet revolution of Quebec in the 60s, um, because it was brought to me as one of the few examples of revolution that didn't actually uh, involve a lot of violence, and that makes me really excited, because I'm not really a fan of violence. To put it as an understatement, no, I don't, like, I'm, I disagree. I'm a pacifist at heart in that sense. Like, don't try and fight me on a, on a, um, what's it called board game because I am just I'm just here for the good vibes man like I am not an antagonizing force I never want to be an antagonizing force so like I'm not going to advocate for like violent insurgencies and revolution it's not me okay like I just <laughs> I want to put that line out there right now so when it comes to society how else would we change it it's a really good question I think that changing society happens over the course of a really long time so I don't think that we are probably ever going to see the full-fledged change of that society um, while we're alive 
I, I think that, but that's not the point. Like, I think the point of trying to change society is not to change society for yourself, but to change society for the people who come after you. It's, it's quite an ignorant sort of belief, in my opinion, to just be focusing on yourself in the present when we are so connected to a long string of people that came before us and after us. It's, it is a bit, bit of a sort of a huge difference and discrepancy between indigenous people and non-indigenous people. Um, I, I would personally argue that because from what I've seen and what I've heard argued by indigenous people, often people who are land protectors is this idea of, of its, of it not just being about you for the short term. The reason why people are protecting land, earth, and water is because they're thinking about the future generations who are not going to have access to those things if they become destroyed. It's I I think it's profound and it's and it's beautiful and and it's it kills me to think about all the indigenous people all around the world who are not recognized for having such very honest and thoughtful opinions on the world and its resources. But at the end of the day, the bigger question is, would we have the the large scale, fast, urbanized, globalized world that we have today with the big fancy iPhones and 5G internet around the corner? No, of course not. Um, because all of these wonderful things came off of the backs of exploitation, whether it be people resources power it's it's all come through exploitation all right so why are we still doing it like I guess that's just my main question is is why why are we still following this I mean technological advances are great but do we need sort of unfettered exponential growth to achieve those things because I'm going to be honest, I really don't think that, as, as a case of cell phones, I don't think that cell phones need to be updated every year and that everybody always needs a new cell phone every year, especially in the case of cough, cough, not even going to make this casual iPhones. It's so dumb. There's not huge substantial differences between cell phones from from every changing year. The, the updates, the, the tweaks are, are quite small usually. So why do we all run like idiots and stand in these lines for products of things that we're going to throw out in a year and and that we only love so that we can showcase that online to create a sense of sort of like popularity and excitement sort of like like a as a status symbol or as as a a feature of wealth i i it makes no sense to me so i i think that there's things in society we should change. I think that we should be looking very closely at our economic systems, but I don't mean going to communism. I, I, I live in a socially democratic country and I love that. I think that socialism has a strong place in society, but I don't believe in Marxist communist socialism as it was sort of um, established and created in the cases of Soviet Russia, communist China, um, some of the stuff that happened in the Vietnam War, like stuff like that. I'm not a big fan, so, but I, but I do, I will say that I recognize the importance of socialism in a, the political landscape. I think that I believe in multi-partisan conversations like multilateral bilateral is sick but obviously there's like more than two parties in anything so I would say multilateral is probably a safer way to describe that but 
multilateralism is just, I, I think that everybody should be at the table. I think that everybody should be at the table who, who has a stake in what it is. None more of this, like, we've got our, like, uh, the stakeholders and, and lobby groups and special interest groups and all of these people coming to the table. No, we don't need special interest groups and lobby groups to make these decisions. Last time I checked, that's not the people who are going to be in, like, affected by these things day in, day out. At the end of the day, the way that I see it is just, like, society. Okay. This is, I, okay. Well, society is going to be a part of your life, whether you like it or not. In, in the same way, politics is going to be a part of your life, whether you like it or not. Politics and politics. When I say that, I mean, politics with a lowercase B politics as in when you're walking down the street and you, uh, you see that the sidewalk ends, but there are tons and tons of houses uh, ahead of you and maybe say you are in um, a mobility device something that has that makes it more difficult for you to navigate train that isn't flat and cement that's a political issue because who makes the decision on whether or not that sidewalk becomes accessible a politician so at the end of the day your life is always going to be affected by politics whether you vote or not and at the end of the day, I would argue that's why you should vote. And that's why, why participating in politics doesn't stop at the voting box. Participation in politics means keeping tabs on your leaders and making sure that they don't mess with your, your stuff. Means that you are making sure that the leaders that you elect are accountable to their constituents and that, and that they're honest and that they have your best interests in mind. Politics doesn't end at the ballot box in my opinion it, it never has for me because oftentimes a lot of ballot box promises don't get filled so it's important to keep an eye on what a politician does after they get elected because that's really where it's going to impact um how how they are that's that's what made me so upset about justin trudeau in the first place because he ran on such specific policies um that were really kind of catering to millennials but at the same time, as soon as he got into office, it was pretty clear the only thing he was interested in catering to millennials about was letting them smoke pot legally in the country. And honestly, like I got to say, um, Canadians, there's tons of pot in Canada and Canadians had no trouble finding it before. And if that legislation hadn't been changed they would still be finding all the pot in the world that they needed to. Okay. <laughs> it's it. I understand the impact of, of that kind of massive sweeping drug change had. And I could, I could go off about a whole other podcast on just that. But when it comes from sort of like a standpoint of, of politics and, and elections, it, it really bugs me. The idea that oh, all we need to give millennials is, is free is, is legal pot. And then, and then they'll shut up and, and we'll be, they'll be in our good books forever. That bugs me because there's, there's so much else that, that young people are dealing with during this time. And, and, and at that time that is not just smoking pot legally. Like, and, and I say this as someone who's known countless stoners. Okay. Like it, there's just, it, it was, it seemed like a cheap, cheap, a cheap trick. And, and it really bugs me that people fell for it because, you know, 
another thing that he had on his on his um, his campaign uh, promises that that I was really excited about was electoral reform um, and changing our electoral process to uh, move from first past the post to something that was a bit more. bit more fair and democratic and allow for third parties to um, be better represented throughout uh, our houses of government. So it would give opportunities for uh, the new Democratic Party, which is one of our um, sort of progressive left parties, to have more of a stake in government, along with our our Green Party, which is more of an environmental party. Um, Who knows? Like, it it could have provided opportunities for people across the political political spectrum to be able to um, come into office. And there are examples of other countries that have thrived quite well with ranked ballot systems and other kinds of uh, electoral changes. Um, I think the best example I ever heard was Germany in school, because um, it, it's, it's just about sort of, there's a difference between voting just like two dudes and that's it versus voting, okay, well, Maybe there's this person who's in charge and then there's this person who's in charge. And I um, if I don't get my first choice, I'd be fine with my second choice. Ranked ballot systems kind of address the idea of who would you be okay with in second. And and it helps create it. It it, it helps create a more fair um, political house in government. And and I think that. The fact that the liberal government, Justin Trudeau, the like espouser of, you know, social justice buzzwords, the first thing that he took off of his list of things to do was electoral reform. That kills me. Like that 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 just I I like there's a lot of inappropriate sex jokes I want to make about how much I feel ripped off about that. Like but this is a children's program. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not a children's program. But it, I want it to be accessible for everyone. So needless to say, I feel cheap and ripped off by, by that ploy. And I'm not here for it. So, like, let's get back to society. In that case, why not? Why don't we just change society? Why don't, why don't we just work towards developing new ways of looking at it? Because, okay, I'm going to... I've been thinking about it because in broadly, I'll give you my real answer. Because if we if we don't try and move in this way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, this is going to be a bit of a bummer, guys. But I can be a bit of a bummer. It, it's possible. So the reason why is the alternative is, does not look good. The alternative to us not like moving in a direction away from these things is an increase in an inability to deal with climate change as uh, our emissions increase, especially since Canada is not on the right track to uh, to be honoring its Paris Climate Accord deal. So in that sense, we're not going to be getting any farther ahead on climate change. Our weather is only going to get worse. So if you think about it, when it comes to climate change, that's not going to, that's not going to affect me. It's already affecting people. There are pe- people who live closer to um, sea level are losing land at very fast rates. We don't have predictable weather anymore where, especially in Canada, uh, you can expect certain seasons to come. We don't, we're starting to lose seasons. We're starting to, like, we're greatly losing animals and habitats and ecosystems. And that is, in, that is going to continue to influence our crops. 
because these things are all interconnected and we need animals and certain insects and, and wildlife to fertilize crops so that we can use that land to make more things for ourselves or to just eat freaking food. So if we don't get reined in on climate change, it's going to start to affect more of our day-to-day life and, and not just the little annoying things. But, but my best example for you is coffee. This is the best example. I hate clapping for things. I'm sorry, everybody on headphones. I'm sorry. It's just coffee is the best example of something that's going to be greatly affected by climate change. Coffee is already affected by climate change with um, coffee rust being something that hits on coffee beans uh, quite often and it yields crops completely not for, uh, good for use. Um, that's only going to increase. Coffee can only be produced at places close to the equator um, because that is traditionally how coffee plants survive. They are usually on mountains and Arabica beans, which is the most popular and most delicious coffee that we all consume all across the world, is also the most susceptible to um, plant fungus and other things that can be increased by climate change in a certain area. Coffee rust is a great example of that, and it has rendered certain yields already um, in consume like things that you can't consume. Um, and the reason I know this is because I did work in coffee. And um, the fact that the problem with that is, is the coffee tree needs a long time to mature to a state to grow cherries to pick to turn into coffee beans. So it's not just like if you if your coffee tree has coffee rust, like it's a 25 year investment. OK, um, financially, a lot of the people who make coffee are people on farms in developing countries who don't have a lot of money, who are also usually succumb to multinational corporations who are coming in and trying to extract the coffee resources and like take off with them because most roasteries, unfortunately, are in developed like Western countries um, where we're extracting that resource, we're taking it around the world, but like coffee is one of the most consumed products in the entire world, if not the most consumed product. Climate change will change that, okay? Straight up, like climate change will change that. It will change all of those people who are working those jobs who suddenly don't have a source of income. Maybe they'll go to an illegal, uh, an illegal market or they'll jump into more precarious work, perhaps like undocumented work. As well, like the, the, that ha- habitat's going to leave all of the the ecosystems and the communities around it. It's all going to be gone. So, at the end of the day, like, I like climate change is going to affect us. Okay, I just I I, I don't want to live in a world where we're ignorant to that. Um, and it's only going to get worse. So, climate change, one of those things we're screwed about. Another thing we're screwed about: the internet. Boom, boom. So I love the internet, like straight up I do. I've been on it for a really long time and I think it's a really important medium. But I think that in its current state, it's not at a sustainable level that we'll ever really have some sort of good thing there. In my sort of forever, like my, my like real ideal kind of um, world and my, my ideal thought and, and how the, the internet will go is it would kind of transform into a, a new public space, especially something that could be accessed by people all around the world. We're already seeing that that's the case with like forums and everybody is also close to each other and they've never met each other because they were creating relationships with people all across the world. But I think what is probably going to increase is 
the likelihood, especially with as we've seen with Corona, like um, those digital spaces are becoming more and more important for public mass public gatherings, whether it's like these online Zoom things or whatever. I, I think that's only going to increase. So listen, if that's only going to increase, like we need to kind of establish what is our how how what is a fair and just society on the Internet? Because right now there isn't. And I know there's so many people who's going to be so mad about that because no, like the internet, you can never regulate it. I'm not saying full regulation, but like, you know, there's a reason you can't run down the street completely naked and get away with it. Like, why isn't that the case online? I I know it's not fully the the same right now, but as we immerse ourselves more and more digitally, whether it's with our jobs, um, what we buy, what we consume on the media, like our whole lives are becoming on the internet. So like, why wouldn't we want to make sure that that's a safe space for everyone? Like I just, I've seen some fucked up shit online. Like, okay, well, I'm sorry. I was doing so well. I was doing so well. (laughs) One F-bomb. Sorry guys. But I, the, the internet the internet is an amazing place because what it does is democratizes ideas and it democratizes communication. And I think that's incredible in the same way that it was incredible when the Gutenberg press came into existence, um, uh, in the, in the 1600s, 1500s, someone quote me it's, but you know what I mean? The Gutenberg press, which is the modern day printing press, which is the reason why we started to get mass communications of letters and ideas that were being transmitted all across is, is a huge influencing factor on why Martin Luther was so successful with the Protestant reformation. I would argue that the Gutenberg galaxy had the same technological advances as the internet with how it was able to democratize ideas and, and transmit them across places that they had never been thought to be transmitted before but in that same way then we've gone quite far from the printing press okay you know so where are we going to move with the internet because the internet isn't always going to stay in the same form that it is now I mean if anybody was online on the internet in the 90s hell oh man two for two when I was started on the internet, I do remember this brief amount of time where, where like the internet pages, like it was kind of like you, you went to sleep and you just woke up and the internet just looked better. I remember it was like they were changing the web pages somehow and, and they had all started to kind of advise in advance. They were like, get rid of like your old Netscape and, and all the old, old internet explorer browsers that you use because you need to have a sweet browser so you can see these sweet things. I think that's probably when I started using like Mozilla Firefox and then like really early versions of Chrome, but needless to say, like the internet has already gone through some changes. But the one thing that hasn't changed is how we um, orient ourselves on it uh, at a societal level. And and I think that in in reference to society, that's going to be something that we'll have to deal with, um, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. So with with the internet being a bit of a, a rogue factor, um, the next connecting idea, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it off at this because. I definitely should have remembered that piece of paper where I wrote down all of my big, wonderful thesis ideas. Um, But the last one I just wanted to say was um, uh, a pretty obvious one, misinformation. Misinformation is connected to the Internet, um, but it's, I don't know, maybe we could just say the, the internet would have to have its own kind of like fancy category. But basically, when it comes to uh, fake news, I know that. It started in 2016, right, with uh, with 
all of the stuff that was going on during the presidential election in the states at that time. But it's pretty clear that since 2016, that hasn't changed as far as fake news goes. It's quite difficult. It's getting more difficult to be able to tell the difference between what is real and what is fake online. And for that reason, we all need to be very aware of what we are looking at, what we are reading, and what we are consuming. And we really need to ask ourselves, like, what is the merit to whatever these things are? And, and I think that if we're not aware of that, that's going to continue. It's already happening, you know, with, uh, with COVID and coronavirus. I would say that there, there's a very, there are two camps to the virus. There's the this is a virus camp and there's the this is not a virus camp. These two camps, I'm not going to get into the specifics of who's right and who's wrong. All I want to say is that these two camps are getting information in a vacuum from each other and, and they're staying in it. And, and that's not good. That's not how we have good conversations that are healthy, that are, that are respectful, that, that, that actually analyze situations and get to the roots of them. If we stay in our own camps, we're never actually going to understand how the other person feels. And it's scary to go to those, to talk to those people. I know it's so scary. Okay. But on both sides, the misinformation stuff's only going to increase as we continue to stay isolated from these opposing ideas. So we need to, we, we need healthy dialogue and we need to be able to look at things and, and critically analyze them. And that critical analysis not be seen as being a quote unquote hater because my God, the Kardashians ruined that idea or just anybody in, in the celebrity world who, who's just like, they're just such a hater and they don't understand. I'm so not a fan of people who will dismiss proper critical analysis as being a hater. And I'm, I, you know what? Like it's, it's, it's not going to help us move forward with these societal changes. I, and, and at the end of the day, that's what I'm here to say is, is that on a societal level, we need to change. And, and we need to change sooner rather than later. So, hey, man, if, that's, that's, if you're kind of in the same boat as me, we should be buds. We should be buds. Hit me up. I want to know what you think. And, and if you agree with me or if you disagree with me or if you have some stuff to add, I am so curious, okay? I really like hearing from people. And like I said, I want to hear from people who disagree with me and I want to hear from people who agree with me. I want to hear from both sides of the table and I want it to be a thoughtful, kind discussion. Okay, kind. I, I want it to just be a thoughtful and respectful discussion um, that actually includes facts and evidence. Not one that's based off opinion. All right. I just spoke out of my ass. This is true. This is how I feel. But hmm, I just I just want to know. Okay. So let me know what you think. And, uh, I, I look forward to hearing it and, and maybe, maybe if just this format was not your cup of tea, I want to know. All right. And that's it, man. So yeah, let me know what you think. Like I said, um, 
I just want to hear from people, and I'm really curious how other people feel about this, because I know everybody's really thinking about the whole society thing, um, and I know that's kind of, that's where a lot of conversations are online right now. I would know, because I've been, <laughs> I've been stalking y'all, I've been, I've been up in your chats and your streams, and honestly, I'm, I'm going to keep doing it, so if you see me in, the, in any streams, holla at your girl, Amanda, right in that middle writeinthatmiddle.com is uh, my blog. So definitely check that out because I'm going to be talking about a lot of these kind of things on there as well as a little bit of uh, creative nonfiction because I'm a sucker for creative writing. And as much as I don't read as much fiction as I should, um, if you have any good fiction books that star female characters, shout them out to me, okay? I'm looking predominantly for ones with female characters, okay? Because this story that I'm writing has a female character in it. Um, and uh, that's, I'm a female, so you know, there's, there's some... There's there's some connecting thoughts there. So write in that middle.com is my blog. Come, come by, read some stuff, stay a while. Let me know what you think. And if you want to tweet at me, you have some thoughts on what I had to say today. My Twitter is that underscore middle. And my Instagram is right in that middle.com. Instagram, I'll tell you straight up. That's like kind of the main place that I am. I've this has kind of been the main place I've been on since 2012. It's terrible, but I'm trying to make it a really cool place to see lots of cool stuff. So if you, you want to come see some really cool stuff on Instagram, like shouting out cool local artists, really fabulous, smart, talented, like women and people and some sweet music and some, some Toronto porn, not porn of ladies, but just wonderful photos of Toronto. Okay. Um, definitely come by, uh, my Instagram. Uh, I love to meet new people. And as well, if you see me on any streams, because I'm definitely going to keep going on other people's streams. If you've seen me on a couple streams, um, and you were kind of like, who the heck is that girl? <laughs> uh, that's me. Um, I want to, I want to go on streams more and I want to, I want to chat with you guys. Cause hell I've, I've been like, um, when it comes to the internet, I would say I've been on it for a really long time and there's sort of two versions of me. The younger version of me that sort of really jumped head first into the internet and was very honest and almost too honest um, about herself and her experiences. And then there's the, the me that came right after, which was the complete opposite, um, a complete sort of correction to that behavior by being silent, observer just kind of around um and that was me for a really long time and it's only been during this pandemic that I've kind of tried to hop back into this stuff so if you are seeing me around definitely say hi I would love to chat I'm all for chatting I've got all the time in the world these days don't we all so if you are around you see me have something to say holla man all right and if you have any thoughts about society and what you think of society, if you think this was a wild and zany podcast, let me know. Okay? Right in that middle. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye!